The Watch Time Show, sponsored by digital agency Mint Twist. The Watch Time Show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Watch Time. My name is Elliot King. And I'm Alexandra King. And this show is brought to you by Mint Twist, the digital agency, and it's also streamed, multi-streamed using the Restream software. So, Alexandra, what are we talking about today? We have such an interesting subject, how to win friends and influence people. Yeah, and for those of you who, who may not know, that is also the title of a very famous book written by one Dale Carnegie. It was written a very long time ago, almost 100 years ago, but this man was famous mm -hmm. as a public speaker and, and a training person to marketers and salespeople and business people alike. He was absolutely brilliant. And what he says is just so relevant. It gives me goosebumps, literally goosebumps everywhere. We can all learn. We, we should all read this book if we haven't already and definitely learn from it. Yeah, it's got some great tips and we're going to be stepping through them in this episode, aren't yeah. we? Not that I definitely don't stick to a lot of these, so it's good to recap, actually. It really is. I mean, they're, they're, sort, of, they're sort of lessons that are going to stay consistent 100 years ago and, and 100 years from now. And they're lessons in life as well as in business, aren't they? Which makes them extra interesting. Right, let's get cracking. Okay. First one, this is probably the most difficult, literally, for everyone, I think. Do not criticise, condemn or complain, because in his words, that's reserved for fools. That's wow. so harsh. That's so harsh. harsh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so what do we do then if, we, if, oh we, if we're tempted to criticise and we don't agree with something? Well, you know, our parents have always taught us and our parents, 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 if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. But we can't do that, can we? It's just so tempting to criticise. It really is. It's horrible. It's like a disease. Criticism disease. It is. I mean, I think we've got to remember that this book and the advice here is written in the context of, of marketers, salespeople and business people. So the objective is if we're trying to convince someone to engage with us, obviously, if we're criticizing them, we're yeah. going to introduce some negativity into the conversation. So on one level, it's quite obvious. Yeah, you wouldn't criticize anyone in a sales meeting, but you probably would close the door afterwards and then go, oh, that person was terrible. You know, you would. It's just it's just human nature. So we have to like fight that urge, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, that, that's that's the hardest one of all for me. Yeah, I think for me, for me, um, it, it's a hard one if you disagree with someone on some um, sort of objective point. Um, if you're feeling like you want to disagree with them for the sake of it, you know, it's it it probably means it probably means you're you're in a bad place in that marketing or sales or communications conversation and you need to either do one of two things either change your mind and try and get on on board with what's being mm -hmm. said to you or kind of as opposed to directly criticize you know question what's being said well, to you well you know there's a very interesting thing in your personality Elliot because i think that you're able like if someone says something that you don't like you're really able to to go with it and you almost give that person a sense of agreeing with them. Now, I know you very well and I know when you're not agreeing, but it does actually make the other person feel so much more comfortable and they can carry on talking about their subject without feeling like they're going to be attacked. I cannot do that. I just can't. I have to say exactly what's on my mind. But you 
definitely in that way you're way better you're really good i think really look good. i think you know we're giving each other compliments this week which is great and i think your 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 directness and your ability to get to the point and be blunt very often you know mm. is a significant advantage i think my sort of aim to be your british way britishness i suppose is one way of describing it you know i think helps me out in sales conversations. But I, but I have to say, it comes from a genuine place. I do try and, and look at the other person's point of view. And I think probably that's the, that's the true lesson that underpins uh, this piece of advice. Right, let's move on to the next one. Be generous with praise. It's another interesting and relevant one, isn't it? It doesn't always come naturally to people to overly praise people. But I think Time after study after study has definitely shown that if you can praise people, you just bring them on side. I know. I mean, I don't even know why he thought he had to put this one in the book because that's just a natural thing that I mean, I definitely do it. I definitely praise my kids. I praise people around me. I love compliments. I love receiving compliments. I love giving compliments. It's just a natural thing that you would do. So, but obviously, not everyone does it. Yeah. And I think the, the thing about praise is if you if you turn it around the other way, if you receive praise, it then becomes much easier for you to be open yes. to objective criticism you know, or advice. Yeah, we should compliment each other more. Yeah. You know, I must say, actually, social media is quite good for that. I've got, you know, some people that follow me that I've never met that give lovely compliments. And we're not talking about looks or you look good. It just genuine, supportive, lovely messages that, okay, obviously you get the other side, but there are, I suppose strangers in some ways might be more comfortable complimenting. Is that fair? Do you think? I think, I think it's a really interesting point you're making. And actually I was thinking the other day, you know, random off topic, but I was thinking the other day that in general, social media, I think is is a place where there's more positivity than, than it's often given credit for. Yes, so that's true. Good insight there. That is true. Right, number three, remember their name. <laughs> Again, it's obvious, but for those of you, those of us out there, and I'm definitely in this camp that find Listen, it difficult. Listen, just, just get straight to the story. What what did you do? <laughs> Tell them the story. Well, what did I, you do? I walked into a sales meeting and the person on the other side uh, remembered my name, knew me very well. I knew their face. I knew a lot about their story. I knew a lot about their history, but for some reason, the name had just completely gone from me and so when it was okay I kind of blagged it for a while but when it came time to introduce this person to someone who had who just walked in another colleague of mine then I you know it was so obvious that I'd forgotten their name and it kind of always forgets yeah injected uh yeah a negative element into the conversation yeah yeah. people get really offended like they really they'll hate you it's your name. It's your they, name. They will hate it. It's personal to yeah. you and, and you want other people to remember it. We all want to be remembered. Do you know, if I don't remember someone's name, I will do everything in my power to not let them know. I will, <laughs> any trick, li- literally anything, I just cannot let them know because I know that that is a, the no-no of no-nos. So top practical takeaways. Make sure you know the names of the people that you're going to sit yes. down with in a meeting. And good follow on one. Be genuinely interested in other people. Yeah, this is this is for those of us who've who've read the book, uh, and I've read it a couple of times now. This is a really really powerful one because if you can, sales is about um, forming relationships with the person on the other side, and the best salespeople form genuine relationships. And so the best way to do that is by being genuinely interested in in yeah. 
you know, in, in their story. In their I life. went to school with someone. And some people watching that went to my school are going to know exactly who I'm talking about. Sorry if the person that we're talking about is watching this. I'm, I'm not going to say your name. You probably do know it's you. But this person, like, whenever you spoke to them, they would always, like, almost look over your shoulder to see if there's someone a little bit more interesting to talk to than you. And everyone knew it. Everyone recognized this in that person. And it's just, like, it's just such a horrible thing for them yeah, isn't it yeah and i think you know what this lesson in particular but a lot of these lessons but hang on but i don't think he's that interested in what other people think to be fair to be fair look have you ever heard the phrase fake it till you make it maybe maybe it's an element of that do you think maybe maybe you need to pretend to be interested and you know who knows maybe you find some point that's that where horrible you can... to pretend you're interested that's a horrible thing to do i don't i don't know yeah. You gotta, you gotta experiment with these things. You know, hopefully, you know your own flaws and and weaknesses as well as your strengths. And if you think that being genuinely interested in other people is not something that comes naturally, you know, experiment. Yeah, I, it's it's the one I also can't do. If I'm if I'm genuinely not <laughs> interested in someone, then they they're gonna they're gonna know. Harsh. Harsh, Sorry. harsh. Sorry, true. no, but I'd rather be genuine in that way. Right, know yeah. the value of charm. You're probably better at that whole area than me. So, yeah, look, I, it, a lot of these things are interconnecting, aren't they? And I think you know, char charm being overtly, you know, charming is probably not a great thing. But being genuinely interested, mm -hmm. you know, remembering people's name, th mm -hmm. these things that can be, you know, can be perceived as charming. One, one of your friends once said to you when you were at a function, "Are oh, you so charming?" <laughs> He did. Just thought, yeah. he did. He did. He did. And I like to think that, you know, a lot of these things are genuine traits in, in my personality. And, you know, look, it sounds like we're picking up Elliot King in today's episode. No, but, you know, they know. Use use charm. Use it in the right way. In a genuine way, compliment, charm people. Good. Why, why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. So, right. Be quick to acknowledge your own mistakes. Look, I think this is a really, really, really important one. If we think about the world of customer services, which as Marcom's people, we certainly have to consider, then if, if we or our organization makes a mistake, it's no good trying yeah. to trying to uh, make excuses for it. We've just got to we've just got to admit it. I, I think, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I mean it's horrible if you can't admit if you've done something wrong and you can't admit it. It's just a horrible, draining thing. One You've got to own it. One of the first rules for customer services people when a customer is making a complaint is as the customer service or as the points that they've chosen to sort of make that complaint, then, then we as professionals need to get on the side of the customer. If we don't understand the nature of the complaint, first of all, we've got to make sure we do understand it and, and empathize with them. Yes. And, and you cannot go through life expecting to never make a mistake. You will 100% mess up. It's yeah. how you mess up. And it's what you do afterwards. I think mistakes are normal. They're a part of everyday life as individuals and as organizations. Mistakes are going to be made. But if we can rectify them, then therein lies, you know, an opportunity to improve that relationship. One of my favorites next, number seven, don't attempt to win an argument. Yeah. Oh. This, is, this one, I had to read this chapter a few times to really get my head around it but what Dale Carnegie was saying here is that it's impossible to get someone to change or even move their position by arguing with them yeah 
Because even if you think you win the argument, actually you haven't. They're just not telling yeah. you. Yeah, even if you dismantle their arguments with wonderful objective facts, they it just can backfire. Even if you're just so effective at arguing, it can backfire. And I find this one hard because if there is an argument to be had, I love presenting all the facts of exactly, you know, and and and, and actually this is so accurate because when I've done that, I've never had a great outcome. This one is relevant for personal yeah. lives as well. I mean, we're, you know, we're married, we're husband and wife team here. And, and I think it's the same in your personal life. If you're having an argument, it, it's, it's not a good place uh, to be anyway, but don't think that you're going to change the person's mind by, by shouting that. You can never argue with me. Particularly with a character like, like the person sitting Ever. next to me. It's if, if, if we're in an argument and I want to win the argument, I know the best way to do it is by, is to disengage the argument. Which frustrates you. You just have to give up because, you know, you just have to give up. But then I come along a day later and then you're a bit more receptive to you know, what I'm trying to we'll say. See. Right, next one. Begin <laughs> on common ground. Yeah, this is a really good one because if you can find common ground with someone, and this is probably relevant for negotiation. So if, you know, you've got a service, you've got a product and someone's interested in it, but they don't want to pay the price or, you know, you know they don't want to give you what you're asking for in return, then you start with the common ground, you reaffirm that common ground, and then you look for creative ways to go forward. Right. Imagine in, in this presidential election, this American presidential election that's going on, instead of the massive argument that they've been having and it's like a disaster acting like two little children in a playground, mm. you know, not our children because they're well behaved, but <laughs> someone else's naughty kids. Uh, you've got Biden and Trump both attacking each other. Mm. How good would one of them look as a potential president candidate if they said, right, we both love our country. We both want the best for our country. We, you know, and then put the message forward. It would completely change the dynamic of the room, but they're not doing it. It is really just, interesting, isn't it? Doing it. In the world of politics. Children. I just, yeah. I, you, all of politics, well, most of politics, certainly in the UK and US, is, is quite adversarial. Um, yes. One side or the other, there's no, there's kind of no obvious in between, particularly these days. But look, yeah. the lesson itself, you know, I think we're agreed. If you can find common ground, then it's a good place to be. Right. Have others believe your conclusion is their own? Hmm. Oh. Sounds quite manipulative, this one. It's manipulative, but again, I think if you approach this one in, in a genuine way, what, what this was really saying what this chapter was focusing on is if you can move someone's opinion by asking them the right questions. And what, what's meant by that is that if you ask a question where the obvious answer implies some movement towards your suggestion, then you will help the person with whom you're negotiating to, to move to your position of their own accord, as opposed to you just giving them the answer. Okay. Plant seeds. Yeah. Mm. Right. Last one. Make people feel important. Bit of overlap with this one, but. Yeah. yeah. There's a kind of a running theme through the book that says people, you know, want lots of things out of life. They want, you know, um, you know the hierarchy of needs. Um, we've got, you know, food and shelter, you know, um, you know, wealth, money. But actually right at the top is this thing about recognition. Yeah. 
human beings desire recognition. And I yes. think this is, this is touching on that point, which is, which is an interesting one. It, you need to make an effort to know others' interests, to show them that they're important, mm. if that's important for you. Mm. I mean, it's horrible to go to a function and meet with people and then all they talk about is themselves and they literally don't ask you a single question about you. It's just like, it's just bad, bad social skills. Don't do it. Don't just talk about yourself. Just don't. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, early, early on in my career, I went to lots of networking events, not really possible uh, you know, in-person networking events. There's fewer of them these days, but I'm sure we've all been to a networking mm. event where we've spoken to someone and all they've done is, is just talked yeah. on and on and on about themselves and not asked us any questions. It's not a particularly good way to build rapport. Yeah, I mean, 75% listening, 25% talking, although sometimes you might find a very shy person and then you can sort of help them along and nudge them a little bit. And if they don't want to talk, you can't be like probing them to the point where they're uncomfortable. So obviously it's a fine balance. However, it's just good to just balance the communication and, and be interested in other people. It's not all about us, you know, let's learn from others. And this, this thing for me plays into the whole um, social media space and people you know, put out some content and, and they crave those likes and they yes. crave that engagement and they crave those comments. So don't forget to like and comment here. But <laughs> in all seriousness. Yeah, but you also shouldn't be like craving it. I mean, this is another discussion, but yeah, you shouldn't be It's like another discussion, but do you think it's why, do you, do you think it's why in social media that people, you know, look and feel good if they've if they're getting that recognition, you know, from their network, from their it, social it, networks. This is the thing. It, it can feel good and you can enjoy it, but it should be like a neutral. So if someone gives you a compliment, thank you, that feels great, good. If someone gives you a little bit of hate, okay, cool. But you still go back to that point of balance and you don't need social media for any form of justification whatsoever. That's important. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good sort of point that you know we've got to be comfortable in our own skin and if we can follow these rules ideally in a, in a genuine way we're more likely to create more effective relationships with the people that we're trying to you know convince right well i think that concludes today's episode that, that does indeed so thank you very much for watching we'll look forward to seeing you again next week see you next time bye-bye bye, -bye. bye. Thank you for listening to the Watch Time podcast brought to you by digital agency Mint Twist. 